You're listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. The fall sports season is here, and our Midco Sports team has it covered with live college and high school football and volleyball, plus the return of Day by Day, our award-winning web series on Fighting Hawks football. If you don't have Midco Cable, no problem. Catch all of our coverage on our official app, Midco Sports Plus, by signing up today at midcosportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast. We are taping this on a Wednesday afternoon, the 25th of August. Welcome week for the University of North Dakota, along with UND Athletics Director Bill Shapes. I'm Alex Seinert. Bill, happy first week of school. Here we go, off and running for fall 2021. Yeah, happy first week, Alex. Um, what an exciting time for a lot of families and students. And uh, uh, New Memorial Union is now open as well. And so uh, it's been exciting times. What a great weather. Uh, over the weekend, I was kind of on the dad front as well, moving my, uh, <laughs> my freshman into a dorm. And so uh, kudos to everyone who made that process happen. Uh, they were just... Uh, uh, it was um, awesome, smooth, and uh, one of those deals uh, you couldn't uh, you couldn't make up the weather. The weather was awesome too. So great to have students back on campus. Uh, exciting times. You're right. We're in uh, day two of uh, as we record this on a Wednesday morning or Wednesday uh, at noon. Um, day two of full classes. So started Monday night and then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, we're off and running. How does it feel to be the parent of not just one, but two college students, Bill, this year as you got a senior and a freshman now going through the doors of the University of North Dakota? Yeah, time goes by fast. You know, you you and I are both in the same boat of having three three children, a uh, little bit bands behind, you're a band behind, uh, I guess, <laughs> us, but... Wow, time goes by fast. Uh, I'll say that. And you know, once you start the school process, it just uh, feels like um, literally yesterday that you know you can just kind of in your own mind, uh, you know, remember your kids uh, going through you know certain aspects of uh, of their schooling. And and now I've got you know certainly one that's uh, you know going to finish at the end of this uh, academic year, and uh, you know, and Derek's going to uh, jump in, and uh, he's an going to be doing business and uh, with a new business school opening next year. What awesome timing for him. Not many times can you, uh, you know, have a, uh, you know, be in a major and then all of a sudden you're in a brand new building. So that's really exciting as well. Yeah. The first week of school is always special. And especially that freshman year when you're, everything's new and obviously he's been around the university, but it's exciting stuff. And same thing again for your daughter as a senior. It's, it's, it's incredible that you get a chance to be a part of that journey with them in such a cool way of uh, being part of the university. Yeah. You know, I, boy, Alex, I forget who said this to me one time, but uh, two of the most, you know, um, memorable uh, days in parents' lives are the day they drop their, their, their child off to college and the day they graduate from college. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, get to see the bookends and uh, we see it from a student athlete standpoint. And we see students come in as, you know, traditionally let's call it 18 year old. And, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they tend to leave around 22, 23. And uh, you know, a lot of things have happened, not only in the classroom, but you hope that education uh, occurs not only in the classroom, but outside the classroom as well. 2021, 2022, a special academic year on the way for the Chase family and for the University of North Dakota, we're going to talk about a lot of the fall teams that are getting their seasons underway in just a bit. 
One of the unique things about the start of this school year is the fact that the university has pivoted to have masks required now in indoor facilities. And again, a smart decision based on everything else that's going on in the world right now. I want to ask, how does this affect athletics and in terms of fans coming on campus or going to the Alara Center or to the Ralph to attend games this fall? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and of course, you know, we've got really adept you and I, you know, talking about today, uh, you know, because things can change uh, for sure. But uh, Dr. Armacost sent a message out on Sunday that uh, indoor spaces on campus, uh, or I would say the majority of indoor spaces, uh, there was a couple carve outs, but um, at the end of the day, uh, yes, uh, masks um, are required. You know, during this phase of the of the virus, it feels like you're going to try to do um, strategies, mitigating mitigation strategies to try to keep campus together. And, And I think that's, you know, an ode to trying to get that done. Um, as far as events right now, we are um, still uh, not in mandate mode in that regard. Certainly, if you're uh, wanting to to wear it for for sure, to do what you have to do to uh, um, you know to uh, think through how you want to work you know, this variant and, and how the, the virus is hitting right now, but not, not today, today, at this point in time, we're full throttle, hundred percent go, um, and, and no real, uh, I guess, mitigation type things happening at this point in time. We talked about this a couple of pods ago, just how protocols are in place for now and things can change. So we're just going to stay tuned as, as the weeks and, and months progress. That's, that's all we can do really at this point is just to watch and wait and see. We're seeing it right all, all across the world, literally. We're and so you know um, every every venue, every state, every county, it, it could be different. And so uh, and just because it's one way today doesn't mean when we actually go play somewhere, it might have changed or altered. And so you know you just have to be cognizant of what's uh, transpiring. Yeah, Idaho State, for example, first game of the football season, they have said inside Holtz Arena. You're going to be masked if you're going to be in that facility. So again, if you're traveling with teams this year or if you're planning on attending home events, just a good idea to hop online, maybe check out the facility's requirements before you go so you don't get caught unawares when you arrive. So stay tuned to FightingHawks.com and UND social media for more information on those stories as we move ahead. Some athletic events, some competitions, Bill, we get to talk about this week. Women's soccer got underway the other day with an official game after a big exhibition win, a 6-0 victory to kick things off. Uh, They fall to Idaho in the home opener, a 1-0 defeat, a close game against a good Vandals team that had beaten North Dakota State by the same score earlier in the week. Volleyball underway as well with an exhibition game. Football's first game is just around the corner. It's really fun to see these teams taking the field and the court, soon the ice, just to get these fall campaigns underway in really a normal setting that we didn't have last year in 2020. Yeah, it was great to see, you know, we had move in weekend. Uh, and so, you, you know, the campus was bustling with uh, a lot of uh, folks and excitement. And then uh, we were able to also uh, have an exhibition match uh, in volleyball on Saturday at one o'clock. And that was fun. It was great to see um, Faith Dooley back uh, um, on the sidelines. And so that was exciting for us. And uh, thought the volleyball team um, looked good. You know, I mean, uh, I think it was great for them to get uh, different 
competition uh, aside from themselves. That's always, uh, you know, uh, good as we're heading in to this week. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second, but as they head uh, on the road to, to start uh, their season and then soccer, you're right. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, we flip to the B side and talk an awful lot about soccer and uh, it's tough, tough. I mean, when you can carry play, but um, you know, one break, and, uh, you know, Idaho, I thought, did a pretty good job of, of defending that one goal lead. And we put some pressure on them, but unfortunately, we, were, we weren't able to break through and credit their keeper. I thought their keeper had a good, good day. And uh, so, you know, it's still exciting. I know um, Coach Logan's really uh, enthused about uh, his, his freshman class. And he, I think he feels the whole team as a, as a whole really continues to build. You know, we're building on what, um, you know, previous uh, uh, teams have done for us. And as he's in year five right now, I know he's excited about uh, his roster. Yeah, UND just two years removed from a trip to the Summit League tournament. Again, only the top four make it to the championships and UND trying to get back there again here this year. As you mentioned, they will be on the road this coming week down to Louisiana on the 28th against Southern and then at Nickel State on the 30th and then back home the following week against a couple of NSIC schools in Bemidji State and Northern State. Bronson Field, by the way, looks fantastic. I know that the redo was last year and they've been there for a while now, but you drive by and it just looks perfect. It's a perfect pitch, a really fun place to go to catch a match. Yeah, you know, our facilities folks have done a great job with that. And uh, I know Eric Martinson and the crew uh, have, have really uh, taken pride in trying to figure out little by little, how can we continue to uh, add on to it? You know, the, I think the fencing looks really good around the field. And, you know, we have some other visions too, like over by the parking lot, we, we kind of want to do something like an entrance way, if you will, and potentially maybe five high uh, rows, you know, on that whole entire side. So, so there's still some vision that we're going to have. Uh, I, I think the scoreboard's getting, uh, you know, kind of skinned uh, today. And so we're going to uh, have that um, in play as well. And those are little things, but I'll tell you what, all the little things, they can add up. Yeah, it's, it's a great place just to go enjoy. I have a lot of good memories um, with, with my family and with um, my eldest daughter, Emily, just going and sitting, sitting on a blanket on the grass, you know, taking in a match. And those opportunities will be there for you and your family coming up here this fall as UND has a bunch of good home games coming their way on the pitch. Volleyball, we mentioned also on the road, Utah. They get to pave the way down to Logan, Utah, coming up here in a couple days as well. Utah State and Seton Hall on the horizon on the 27th, which incredibly is like two days away now. Again, today's Wednesday. They'll be playing that on Friday. And then over to Ogden to take on Weber State on Saturday. Volleyball polls came out today for the Summit League. UND picked to finish eighth. couple of seniors on the team. Darian Field, Kuski, and Lexi Aarons picked as players to watch. No surprise, they've been great for the program for years. But it's also a lot of new faces as well. And there's some excitement again around this program, certainly, as there has been pretty much every year, really, from Jeremiah Tiffin's era to Mark Pryor before, etc. It's a good program, and and you expect them to take a step forward this year after a difficult spring. Really difficult spring, and I think uh, a lot of new faces and uh, a lot of excitement uh, to start the year. Uh, and I think Coach Tiffin uh, feels as if uh, we're certainly much deeper than we were in the spring. And uh, you know, it all starts this week. And you're right; they kind of pave the way. I mean, we've got a couple couple Logan trips on our radar screen here. <laughs> Why not? Right? It's a beautiful. I guess I don't know if it's a beautiful place. I'm assuming it is up in the mountains. I think I feel. 
We will find out, I guess. Couple, yeah, as you said, football going there in a couple of weeks, volleyball there this weekend. I've been I've been a whole lot. I've been to Salt Lake City a whole lot. I've never been to Logan. So I, I but I've heard it's very nice. Yes. I mean, the state's just beautiful. It's a it's kind of a postcard type state. Right. So uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun. <laughs> the Beehive State, Utah. It's a great place. Great place to be. Uh, best of luck to Jeremiah Tiffin and the teams as they travel uh, down there coming up this weekend. Stay tuned. By the way, um, my color commentator, Angie Stokey, for UND Volleyball on Midcoast Sports, was at the exhibition the other day. And other than saying how fun it was to see Faith, who's coaching Concordia now and is in her second year as the head coach there, she just mentioned how tall we look. That was <laughs> that was her biggest takeaway. Like, we just look like we're going to be a good physical team this year. And Angie knows volleyball, and I just thought that was funny, that that was kind of the biggest that she, that she took from that. So we will see. We'll see if that pays off in the Summit League, our, our extended height up front. Yeah, I, you know, I, and again, I think, you know, the spring was interesting for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think it gave us a, a really good opportunity to get some reps uh, for some folks that maybe wasn't quite, quite ready for it, so to speak. And uh, but I think that the, the bottom line is, though, it, it gave us a chance, I think, for now the fall to even be uh, that much more excited about this particular uh, team. We mentioned football going to Utah coming up on the 10th of September. Their season starts in Pocatello, Idaho on September the 4th. Busy time for Bubba Schweigert and the group. We had media day last Thursday. Captains have been named. Three of the five captains that we had in the spring are back, plus Matt Waletsko, All-American left tackle. Fan Fest is coming up Thursday. So again, if you're listening to this, it's probably Thursday. If you can, head over to the Pollard Center from 6.30 to 7 uh, to meet and greet the players and get some autographs, those sorts of things. Just a lot going on with a football team that I think everybody is really excited to see take the field here in just over a week and a half. Yeah, no question about it. you know, we are in a uh, difficult, difficult conference, as we all know, that the the most difficult FCS conference in the country. Um, I I don't think there's any question about that. But... um, you know, our three, our three non-conference games, you know, challenging for sure. And uh, uh, going to Pocatello has always been uh, a challenge for, for many schools going there into a whole arena. And so, uh, you know, uh, it, it starts off there. And uh, then, as we've mentioned, we go to Logan FBS school and then uh, come back here and play Drake. Uh, and so, so again, we're, we're just, uh, you know, excited about what, what's in store for this team. But, you know, whatever we did in the spring, which was awesome. Um, You know, hopefully we can build on it, but we all know what each week is its own, each season's its own. So, uh, so it should be a lot of fun. You always talk about that pass fail mentality on a Saturday and it's, there's really no in between most of the time. Did you win? Yes. Or or did you lose? No. And that pays big dividends, you know, putting wins in the bank over the course of the season, that opportunity will be there here coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, the, the thought process of playing a a big sky school to start the season, you know, obviously we want to win the conference and get the automatic berth uh, into the FCS playoffs. But if, if we don't do that, obviously we want to be hopefully uh, knocking on the door for a, uh, for a, um, and at large birth into the playoffs and, and these types of games go a long way. Uh, if, if, if the Valley can beat the big sky, if the Valley can beat Southland schools, you know, if, if the Valley's playing a, a CAA school, those things are incredibly important in the committee's eyes. And, 
in some ways, Alex, they almost have disproportionate weight in some, mm-hmm. because that's the only way from a connectivity standpoint, can you compare conferences? And so these games become incredibly uber important. It's not quite a mathematical equation like the pairwise is, but it's the same situation, essentially. You're looking at the eye test and you look at the records. How did this conference do against this conference when it comes down to those last couple of spots? And traditionally, the Valley has been the conference that has gobbled those up. And so for for UND, obviously, you want to win your games. And you also want your competition to win their non-conference games as well. Indiana State starts off their conference or their Starts their regular season this week, week zero, and everybody else gets involved next week. So a chance to root for some different teams than we're used to rooting for coming up the next couple of weeks before we kick off conference play on October the 2nd. Incredibly important. There's only a couple of weeks where this is this occurs, and then and then it's hard at that point to to really get uh, any crossover, um, you know, connectivity or activity. So the so the um, the committee for sure is focused hard on this. And uh, if we go on the road and can find a way to, to, to get it done against Idaho state, that'll go a long, long way for our potential, um, you know, bid at some point in time, but certainly for the conference as well. Idaho state did play in the spring, but a truncated schedule. They went two and four in the big sky, North Dakota, as you said, has not had the most success against the Bengals in recent seasons. Their last trip to Holt Arena did not go well. But Bubba Schweigert, again, it, it's it's a tough building to go play in, but he credited the team, how they they came out and they were ready to play and they had a game plan in mind. And I think North Dakota will be ready, I think, this time for what the Bengals are going to throw at them. But obviously we'll find out, uh, yeah, very soon, September 4th. It's incredible when you think about it. When you look at the calendar, next Saturday is the first game of the season. That's jarring to me that we're that close, but... But here we are, and it's it's all right on the corner. I think the guys are certainly ready for it. Um, one thing, by the way, too, if you were paying attention to social media this week, Midco Sports is documenting UND football's season again this year via the medium of Day by Day, the, this, this web series that we've done now for four years. The first episode dropped on Tuesday night. Really fun to see the guys face-to-face this past week and do interviews, and we've been able to get on the field and be in the huddles and those things, things we didn't get to do in the spring. But it's a great way to follow this team in a different way over the course of the year. So be sure to check that out again. Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock, that will air on Midco's social platforms. And we'll also run those uh, during halftime of the preceding home games when we have live broadcasts as well. So just a cool thing and something I've really been proud to be a part of over the years, just to be a part of this team in a different way and to get to know these guys well and share this really interesting, unique, special group of student athletes and their journey with people that really care about the program. Yeah, we really appreciate number one our partnership and but but this particular day by day um uh venture project has been awesome it really has and in kind of the lead up right into you know they say football is the ultimate team sport right you just got so many dynamics happening at once and then to take a hundred some odd student athletes and kind of figure out whose role is going to play what and 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 you just never know in some ways who the main character of the of that particular episode is going to be it kind of you just never know right i mean it could come out of nowhere we always go in with ideas of some of the subplots we're going to hit. And you just, once you hang around the guys, you, you figure out pretty quick, oh yeah, actually, you know what? We need to highlight this person or this position group actually yeah. is going to be a lot of fun this year. And that's been fun to see it unfold since the start of fall camp a couple of weeks ago. So be on the lookout for new episodes of that over the course of the season. Hockey is still a couple of weeks away from really getting started. October 2nd is the exhibition opener against Manitoba. 
be a little banner raising that night, which will be fun. And then the season opener kicks off the next week, October the 8th and 9th against Niagara. UND has released now the entire promotional schedule for the season. It's really fun to look down the list and see all the great things planned for home dates at the REA this year. Fun to get full crowds back in attendance and some awesome things planned for each weekend over the course of the season, Bill. Yeah, you know, no doubt about it. I, I think the, uh, and, and you know, and, and again, uh, our, our, our partnership with our great, uh, you know, um, friends and uh, family members with the Ralph, uh, it's a collaborative effort, you know, on how we kind of figure out, you know, what makes sense uh, for, for each particular game. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it is exciting to think uh, of some of the things we've got in store. And so uh, I think our, our team along with Jody's team does a, a fantastic job in trying to make sure that, you know, we can make it just more than just the game itself. One of the promotions that I think people are most excited about is the One Last Skate event that's going to be coming back. It's been a couple of years since we've done it. Uh, some big names coming back to be a part of that. It's just so cool to see, again, that connection with the program's past, reconnecting with the presence. And I think fans are going to be really excited. Starting starting that first weekend with our mayor, Brandon Bachensky, taking the ice for one last time and Eddie Belfort coming down the run. It's, it's, it's going to be really fun. Yeah, those, are, those, are, those have been neat and... Uh... You know, kudos uh, to our staffs that uh, have put those on. And I think it's pretty darn special, right? Like to be able to be downstairs and I don't know, lace them back up again. I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I know that there, there certainly can be some jitters in that regard too. And, uh, and, and that's kind of cool to, to, to probably feel those butterflies again. Yeah, Jim Archibald was the first to do this a couple of years ago. And you could see emotionally like how, special that was for him like there were some deep breaths and like really you could see the emotion on his face and what it meant to him to come back equally what it meant to the guys on the team to have him there as well as the fans in the stands it's just it's that connection is special and unique and it's great that the ralph and und taps into that and brings that back for everybody involved yeah he was great uh you know i was uh i just happened to be down before he went on to the ice and uh you know he just said he had never been i think that nervous going onto the ice before and just uh you know it, 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 that can be a little uh daunting to some degree but but special as well and so uh and that's obviously what we're striving for is to bring back and and elicit those memories for uh, uh you know many of these alums that that help build this program if you want the full promotion schedule be sure to check out fightinghawks.com for the details on each specific weekend and what's planned one of the members of und's team that we expected to be a part of this season up until yesterday really is now not going to be and that's uh, jasper weatherby that news broke officially on monday by brad schlossman that jasper was going to sign with the san jose sharks and then it became official yesterday and obviously, you a ton of credit to him. He's done a phenomenal job in his time at UND, and he would have been a senior this year and one of the alternate captains on the team and would have been their returning leading scorer. But when you impress a team so much at a pro development camp like he did this past week in San Jose, and they really want you to be a part of the organization, and that's, again, this was Jasper's favorite team growing up. There's great photos of him with San Jose Sharks gear on and holding the sign outside the arena and things like that. That's really tough to say no to. And you just say, you tip your hat and say congratulations to him and well done on a great UND career. And you wish him the best of the luck moving forward. No doubt. I, no doubt, Alex. I mean, I think, you know, obviously um, 
all of our students here on campus are are trying to figure out, you know, what's their life's work going to be, and maybe his life's work will be something else after hockey too. But but I think he's he's going to run this chapter out uh, as long as he can, and you know, just some interesting things. I think the calendar moved their developmental camp a little bit later than it normally has been, and then I think the advent of uh, the Kraken. Uh, and, uh, it, it, and, and who, who Seattle ended up taking, uh, kind of had a little bit to, pl- uh, do with, I think, uh, San Jose, uh, you know, I'll call it, they've obviously have an interest I and mean, they drafted them, but really renewed interest in having them right now. And so, you know, yeah, timing, uh, you know, certainly the first week of school, probably, um, difficult if our staff is kind of taking a peek at maybe, you know, what they could do right now, um, as far as maybe replace. Facing uh, his his uh, locker stall, and so we'll see what happens. I you know um, stay tuned on that one. I, I I think there's obviously conversations going on with with the staff, and uh, you know trust them implicitly. They'll do what's right for the program, and uh, and if they decide to bring someone in, it'll be the right decision. And for some reason, if we decide to hit a pause button, I, I would understand that as well. Yeah, I do want to ask you because the timing of this is difficult. I mean, the fact that school started yesterday and you've got this slot now to fill. Again, he's Jasper's the eighth player on this roster that signed an NHL deal. But of course, everybody else signs back in the spring after the season ended. This creates, well, some complications really for Brad Barry and Dane Jackson and Carl Gehring of what do you do? You know, it's too late really to bring in a transfer for this semester maybe some of your younger players who were ready for the college game, they're already here or they've already made other plans to play in a junior league someplace. Talk me through the options right now and what that looks like if they decide to bring somebody in. I'm assuming that has to happen pretty quickly to make this all work from an academic side and from a scholarship side as well. Yeah. So it's a, uh, timing's a bit tricky. Uh, So I think if uh, we're looking at someone, uh, it's going to have to be someone that obviously uh, we've had on our radar screen or has been playing in juniors, something to that effect, obviously. Um, And then also I would say has their, I'll call it academic life in order. I mean, that's because it's going to have to be pretty darn quick turn, if you will. But if that particular person does have that in, you know, where we are in life right now, a a lot of this stuff can be done, obviously, digitally online. So it's not as if you're waiting for kind of snail mail anymore. So at the end of the day, with our relationship with admissions, you know, uh, as long as the person, if we decide to go down this path, has, has, again, their stuff buttoned up, you can probably turn it but I will say there's certainly a time frame. I don't know exactly the date, but there's a date. Like like there's a, a point of no return, so to speak. It's it's like a transfer window, right? I mean, it's the same deal. I mean, at some point, it, you're going to have to have your stuff in and make the decision to be here because you don't want to miss. Um, and again, we've all, to some degree, uh, experienced college life a little bit. That first week is a little bit getting your feet in the shallow end of the pool. But I think the pool gets deeper pretty quick. Especially for someone if you're coming in as a first-time freshman. Like yeah. You really want to be there to get orientation through and to get your syllabus and to figure these things out. And yeah, we again, if they choose to go with someone right now to bring somebody on, you hope that can happen quickly and that it's the right fit. And, and certainly, again, all the faith and trust in the coaching staff to make those right decisions. And if you don't, there's always the January transfer window, right? In soccer parlance. Like you can always bring somebody in at semester time if that's what you decide is best for your team. 
We saw that last year, Alex. Saw that a lot last year. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think, I think the, um, I think the coaches are just kind of exhausting all of their thoughts right now. And you're right. The, the, you know, in some years you don't bring in as big a fifth freshman class as we did already this year. And so, you know, I, I and again, I, all the trust in, in, in our coaching staff, they're, they're going to do what's right for the program and for right for uh, whomever, if they're considering that uh, particular person as well. One last note on this. After the news broke that Jasper was going to sign, again, he was going to be their number one center and an all-conference guy and a big part of this team. You could see the fan bases from other NCHC schools on social media sort of saying, well, you know, this is, this is going to further weaken a very good North Dakota team that has won the last two Penrose Cups. But, and there was almost a but in every one of the responses that I saw, this team will still be very good and is going to be tough to play against and should not be counted out despite the fact that they've lost so much talent off a a team that was incredible and the number one team in the country for much of the season. People still know this team is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I I would assume that that locker room um, is excited about the upcoming year. And my guess is uh, just different faces, different names. My guess is uh, in some similar names and in, uh, in uh, familiar faces, mm-hmm. um, you know, each each team will be its own and they'll figure out roles. And I, I know there's great excitement among the coaching staff about what is in that locker room. Well, they did a great job rebuilding this team. Again, they'll have 13 new faces. They've lost 13. I mean, the half of the roster has turned over, which is incredible to think. But as you mentioned, the returners coming back, guys like, you know, guys who were freshmen last year, like Reese Gaber and Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin that really popped right away. They'll probably take a little step forward now that they've got this whole college hockey thing figured out. Some of the upperclassmen guys like Judd Caulfield now and Gavin Hain and like those guys are going to have to step into bigger roles and they're certainly capable of doing so. Those guys are NHL draft picks. And there's a number of, you could go down the list. There's a number of guys that are coming back who are awfully good hockey players. Plus, they've added people like Zach Driscoll and Connor Ford and people that are high, high level experienced college players that I think our fan base is really going to enjoy. I've gotten to know some of those guys a little bit this summer. And they're phenomenal people that just really fit the mold of this team. So kudos to the coaching staff for doing a great job of identifying those guys, both from a talent standpoint, but from a culture standpoint as well. It's just another step in the progression of this program. And like you said, I think we're all excited to see this team take the ice here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I would say, you know, many of those uh, that you mentioned, you know, kind of like I was thinking about it as you were saying, it's kind of like you're probably saying it's my time. It's, it's, it's my time to help the program. You know, what can I do? What role can I play? And uh, excited to be in that role. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, but it's just fascinating, the, the turnover, right? Like, I think, the, I think uh, Schloss had it at one point in time. The last time it was this, it was maybe back around 05, 06, somewhere in that range. So, uh, so really, it, it is, you're, you're going to need a, you're going to probably need a roster. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, Might be digital. Is, Might be well, digital. Could be. Could be. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you'll want to have it handy. I know we. I had a chance to watch uh, captains' practices a couple times this summer, and it literally was like with your phone in hand, looking at Brad's list of the numbers that had been assigned. Like, okay, who was who was that again? Who just who just made that pass? Who just scored? So, we're gonna get it figured out though in time for October the second for sure. I know you uh, will. You will. I will. I'll sure. have it down. I'm not concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah. I already got it. I already got it in the Rolodex. It's going to be good. 
Uh, that kind of does it for most of the news and notes from around UND. Anything else, Bill, you want to touch on? Just one last thing. I think we'll button up uh, what we have going on the road, right? So women's soccer is in Louisiana Saturday, Monday, playing Southern and Nickel State. So uh, um, so good opportunity for, uh, for our program to go down there. And uh, sure, it'll be warm, would be my guess, humid, um, potentially water breaks. I mean, mm-hmm. all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, two, two matches, uh, good opportunities for us. Gotcha. Lots of road action coming up this weekend. Yep, for soccer, for volleyball. Stay tuned and good luck to those teams as they really get their seasons fully underway. Let's make the quick flip over to the B side. So let's just be upfront. This pod was originally recorded yesterday, about 24 hours ago, and someone on this connection, I'm going to raise my hand, made it, made a little bit of a mistake in post-production, and we lost all of Bill's audio, which was my fault. So we're doing this again today. Now, yesterday on the B-side, one of the main talking points was Bill's Tottenham Hotspur, who started the season great, one of five teams in the EPL to be perfect through two games. Great 1-0 wins over Manchester City and Wolves. Ah, yeah. But good, really good wins. We discussed a lot about Harry Kane. Like, is Harry Kane going to stay? Like, they're doing well without him. He's still pushing for a move. 24 hours later, Bill, Harry says he's staying. This is, you had said, I think, on the pod, again, lost audio, so we'll never know. We have no record of this. You felt probably the last day of the deadline that he would probably go. You got to feel pretty good today that, that that is not correct, that he is going to stick around at least for the first half of the season. Do we really believe that? <laughs> Do we really believe that? They just kind of, they've got you reeled right in right now. I, mm. I don't know. I Sure, sure. Uh, there's still a long ways between now and the 31st. So um, I, I in what, City's potentially looking at Ronaldo right now. And, and so I'll believe it on September 1st. How about that? Wow. Bill's not convinced. I I think when the player comes out and says, I'm going to stay. And he, the wording of his statement was very specific. I'm staying for the summer is what he said. I mean, it wasn't like I'm committing my future to the club long-term. I'm staying this summer. Is it? I'm not going to move this month. doesn't mean he wouldn't move in January. doesn't mean that he won't move at some point. I feel like that, that speaks to me that he's here Mm. for uh, at least until January and probably for the whole year. But you know, like you said, crazier things have happened. It's been a wild 24 hours because you said that city, it feels like have moved on to pursue now Cristiano Ronaldo because why not? And Kylian Mbappe, who's probably the, the best player, not named Ronaldo and Messi in the world has basically submitted a transfer request to leave Paris Saint-Germain, the, the club that Messi just moved to. So never before in a summer have we seen this many superstars decide they're going to go someplace else or have to go someplace else because of financial reasons. There are six days left in the window, Bill, and it, it could be pretty crazy. We could see some really big moves between now and September the 1st. Yeah, I, I, I still think it's part of the negotiation ploy that's going on right now. So I, I just, uh, mm. I, you know, I, we'll see. Uh, you know, I know Harry didn't have as much leverage because he's got three years left on his deal. And so um, Tottenham, you know, we're not forced to sell them, so to speak. But, you know, we'll see what City ends up doing. I mean, if maybe if they get Ronaldo for sure, that then they're they're probably done this window. But if they don't, um, I don't know. I I, you know, maybe they take one last Hail Mary. Uh, you know, but but I think for Harry Kane's preservation, 
at Tottenham to some degree, and I get it. If he scores, it all will be forgiven. And if he plays well, we get that. But at the end of the day, the one thing in the lost audio, which many folks probably would be excited to continue to have lost audio on me, but the reality of it is, you know, I kind of feel like City hung him out to dry a little bit. So I think he's had to make some sort of statement. You know, they've got a match. Today's Wednesday we're recording. They've got a match tomorrow on Thursday. Don't know whether or not it's at home. Uh, and so I'm not sure he'll play in that. And then, of course, they play on the weekend again. So, I, I, you know, part of me is my hesitation on this is that is this kind of a PR kind of stunt, if you will, just to kind of get through the next week? We've seen it all in world soccer. So you just, you never know for sure. I guess my, maybe I'm just more gullible, I guess, than you are. I guess my gut tells me that he's probably going to stay now, but you, City certainly have the money. If they, yep. just, I, I honestly, I wonder if part of this maybe could be how does City do this weekend? Obviously, they beat Norwich 5 nothing the other day and everything looks good after they lost that opening match to Spurs. But how desperate are they to bring somebody in and maybe they place a couple of calls and, they sniff, you know, sniff around Juventus for Ronaldo, and if that doesn't work, and maybe you do come back and say, you know what, we're better off just paying the 150 million and just get Kane. Yeah, and, and if I pay the, pay the hey, money that Daniel Levy wants, and if there's City, if you're City, there's only one thing you're looking to do this year, right, is to win the Champions League. Champions League. It's like it. That's it. So, so at the end, maybe I guess, like you said, maybe the January window would open that back up again if they really feel like they need a striker at that point. Um, I don't know how excited that would be for Spurs to, 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 to lose him at that point, unless of course they have it figured out in, in replacing him, but a lot will depend on how they're doing in the league. And like you said, they, they've gotten off to, uh, you know, uh, you can't get off to a better start. I mean, six points, they got all six. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't think this thing's over yet. It's, it feels like it's a day by day proposition and Oh, Oh, today he's staying. Got it. <laughs> Can I ask you, I get the sense that this is a part of the sport that you don't really enjoy. Is that accurate? Oh, I don't or, or care. This just, this, oh, I don't yeah, care. Okay. I, I was, I, I'm, I, th- I find it intriguing quite frankly, but I don't think the day-to-day, I mean, you're just trying to get a story out of something, but are you, re- I mean, I only want to get to the conclusion. Mm. Like, I, I'm not sure I enjoy the journey. <laughs> in the, in these transfer sagas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're a yeah. journey guy in lots of other things. You love the journey. Love the journey. But love this, the journey. But this one, this one, I think I'm, if we've made the decision that he's 28 going on 29 you've probably got the best of his time frame right as a as a as a footballer so at the end of the day if you can get x amount of dollars and then you can go reload with some other folks i'm actually fine with that i mean that's part of what you do right it's almost like the rays right in baseball they they have figured it out right they you know, who's the lefty that's on uh, San Diego right now and Longoria, uh, Blake Snell and all those guys, they, they end up getting to a place and then they don't get them the next contract. And so I had already kind of said to myself, eh, I'm okay with him leaving, even though I would, would, if he wants to stay, I'd be excited if he stayed, but it felt like he wanted to go. So go. I'm just picturing you in like the Harry and the Hendersons role right now of like throwing a piece of, you know, a piece of wood at Harry saying, we don't, we don't want you anymore. 
<laughs> go. I, well, I mean, it's, it's, go. it's more. It's more. He doesn't want us. <laughs> That's true too. Oh, but so, this so, is more fun. You as John Lithgow, yeah, throwing, I, I, throwing I, sticks at, at, at Sasquatch. But anyway, that's. <laughs> I, I so so at the end of the day, I, hey, he's one of the best strikers in the world. Of course, you want him. Yeah. And and I, I, this just into he will score goals. Mm-hmm. He will, and he'll make the Spurs better. And so I'm good with all of that. But the the saga drama. I, here's it. I I'm not a drama fan. I I like a good drama. I mean, to watch to some degree. If I'm not a part of it. But at the end of the day, I kind of feel like, eh, you you know, you want a really good locker room, don't have a lot of drama. Yeah, that's true. This is this is very true. Well, Spurs play Watford on Sunday. Obviously, they play this fantastic Portuguese team who beat them one nothing in the UEFA Conference League. Uh, that's coming up tomorrow on Thursday. So we'll be watching. Will you? Will you be? I guess maybe we won't be. I probably won't be watching. Will you be watching this game? I don't know if there's video on it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> My son, my son, who I rely on, um, last time they played last week, he said, there's no way to watch this thing. So, uh, and I, you know, he's pretty good at getting links and doing whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rely on him to tell me, but uh, I might just be tracking it. How about that? There you go. Yeah. My, my soccer app that usually tells you where you can watch does not have any, no television listing. For the UEFA Europa Conference League qualifier, because that's what this is, the second leg of this qualifier. That's when you know, Bill. So Bob Costas, um, how about this uh, story time? Um, so when I was a senior in college, I was down in Florida and Miami Dade North, I was working there. Um, it, 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 lots of folks there, Demi Maneri, baseball coach, Paul Maneri's son, who was just, uh, just, uh, left LSU and, uh, Mickey Rivers had gone to Dade North, Alex Fernandez, Dade South. Anyways, all, all of that said, but Bob Costas, I was at university of Miami function. And he, uh, once said about covering the ABA, he said, there just was no television. It was like a rumor. It's like, it's like a total, that's what this thing is. That's what the conference league is. It's like, is it really happening? Like, I think it's on, it's, it's, is it really happening? Like, did they really go to Portugal? Did they really lose one? Nothing. I don't know about that. There's like no images. <laughs> Just whispers and whispers of rumors from the Iberian Peninsula drifting back. Yeah. Well, maybe we won't be watching, but we'll be, we'll be monitoring and seeing how things go and seeing who starts. I would, I would, if I was you, I would look to see who their starting 11 is. And then uh, you can base how you're going to spend the next two hours of your life after that. Well, there's a chance. There's a chance, truly. And again, um, just because he hasn't played in a few weeks, Kane could play tomorrow. They could throw him on. Mm-hmm. I could he that. could. I could see that happening. Get him ready. Get, Get him, him ready, ready for, for Watford. For hey, Watford. We, we, quote unquote, we have the opportunity to beat anyone and lose to anyone. <laughs> we have a wide, we have a wide range of results if you're a Spurs fan. And you got to embrace it. That's, <laughs> I mean, the fact that you're aware of it is good. And now you just got to, this, this is, this is who you are as your identity. Any match could be a match. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, uh, they, they can surprise you. Now, the other thing I will say to you, flipping back to the Red Sox and in the lost audio world, uh, the one thing I will say, and again, we, uh, we beat the twins last night. That was a rough one. Matt Barnes has continued his August ways, which was not awesome. I mean, uh, wow. 
a long home run. I think it's still traveling. And then two walks, mm. I think on nine pitches. So, uh, and then found himself out um, of the, of the, of the closer uh, deal last night, but I, I am rooting. I am rooting for the reverse 1978. I, I, I want us to finish second in the wild card, the Yankees to finish first, go to the Bronx and erase that whole 78 deal. Are you in? That would be something. I'm very much in. This was brought to my attention yesterday on on the pod that never was. And I just was blown away by the beauty of it all. Because again, right now, Tampa Bay is leading the AL East. The Yankees, who have won, what, 10, 11, like are on this crazy hot streak. They've been, they've been fantastic since the All-Star break. They're in second place. The Sox are in third. And But th- this would be how it would shake up right now. If the season ended today, we would get that. This amazing one-game playoff between the Sox and the Yanks. A chance to just, yeah push it all in everybody in everybody's available let's go and I, that would be phenomenal television and a really really oh again hopefully hopefully for us a really fun night of baseball where the Red Sox could actually you know erase the demons of Bucky Dents etc from 1978 and uh, make the playoffs at the Yankees expense that would be phenomenal one of my buddies uh, ads is the uh, ad at Florida Gulf Coast and uh, mm-hmm. Ken Kavanaugh and he's a Yankee fan but he's conflicted because Chris Sale went to Florida Gulf Coast. And so he, he, and Chris helps them quite a bit there, which is great. And, and he texted me something over the weekend. And I just said, yeah, you may never lose again this year, but I am rooting for Chris to come to the Bronx in a one game and break your heart. Oh, that'd be lovely. Sign me up for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, because it's, it's been a little bit of a rough patch after the all-star break. If you're a Red Sox fan. Yeah. I have 14. I mean, the numbers aren't ridiculous when you look at the, the wins and losses again, 14 and 16 in their last 30 is not, I mean, it's just barely below 500. It's not abysmal, but again, they were so good in the first half of the season. That's what's been hard to see them sort of come back to earth and really play back to the level that most people expected them to be at. And the other thing is, obviously, the Rays and Yankees have been on fire. Right. So, so you had two things happening at once, right? And they uh, they kind of a little bit went all in in the trade deadline. We, we didn't. We didn't. Um, and, you know, so that's where we're at. But, uh, uh, you know, starting today, moving forward, I don't know, probably about 35 games left, somewhere in that range. You better find a way to probably win 20 of them, probably, and maybe a little bit more. The way some of these teams, you know, the between obviously their AL East competitors, but also then the athletics, there's a chase pack there that are playing good ball right now. So we'll see. Dog days of August, almost done. We'll see what September brings uh, for our beloved Red Sox. No so, doubt. Good. No doubt. So anyways, that, we'll end it there just to, to kind of get you fired up about just, we, we got to get rid of this 78 thing. Uh, that's a, that's one of the boxes on my list that needs to be checked off. Yeah. I would say one of the last remaining ones, really. I, I feel like everything that happened in 2004 sort of pushed aside, I think, a lot of the hurt. But this is obviously one that still stings a little bit, clearly. So if we can make oh. that happen this year, oh. I mean, you thought a lot of people watched the Field of Dreams game. This would be unbelievable. For this really would be, I this would be a network game made in heaven, wouldn't it? Oh. Mm. Mm. I can tell you, we're not the only ones rooting for this. I think there are a lot of executives <laughs> at Turner <laughs> <That's> Sports <right. laughs> or at Fox or whoever actually has the AL. I guess I don't even remember what the what the rights deal is right now. But whoever controls the rights to that game, they would like 
that matchup. You'd be able to watch that game for sure. I mean, there's certain <laughs> games like tomorrow you might not be able to find. That one you'd be able to find. Uh, Paco Stiff Ferreira versus Spurs. Maybe not, but Red Sox-Yankees, one game playoff. Yes, that will be on. That will be on the television. I'd love to know how many pods in the country of the United States are talking about this match outside of England and Portugal at this point in time. I would say not many. <laughs> not many. I feel like we're in the minority there. Oh, <laughs> we might be the only. <laughs> the only one. And that's okay. That's what makes the Bill Chavis podcast. Hey, we've made it 94 episodes. They've not canceled us yet, Bill. So why change, right? Why well, yeah. We, we, the only way it could happen is if we cancel ourselves. If we cancel ourselves. That's right. <laughs> Well, it's a, that's a good way to end, probably. Uh, a, again, congratulations on the start of another academic year, another school year on the way. Bill, best of luck welcoming everybody back and getting ready to go for fall 2021. Appreciate you, Alex. Appreciate everything Midco does for us. Um, and again, the day by day, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't watched it, boy, I'll tell you what, watch them and then go back and watch the other ones because they are that good. Yeah, all on YouTube, not about eight to nine minutes or so per episode. A lot of fun to hear from Bubba and the guys on that EOD football team. So on behalf of Bill Shaves, our producer, Cassie Niles, I'm Alex Heinert. We'll chat to you in a couple of weeks on the next edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.